Welcome to Empowered Mind Body Inspiration. The mind is the map to wholeness, wellness, health. The heart is the key to genius and inspiration. Join me and my guests as we explore how to release and rewire into who you truly are unique, whole, and empowered. Please like, share, and subscribe. Spiral up, spiral out. Welcome, everyone. Today we have Nancy McKay, a recovery and resilience expert. She's a lifelong Equus coach who helps women find their voice and build their courage. She is founder of Amazing Outlook Coaching and works with women virtually and with the help of horses to uncover the limiting beliefs that are keeping them stuck in the muck. She has her own weekly show, Women in Alcohol, where she speaks of her own recovery from alcohol and creating a new life after cancer. I think we're in for one inspiring conversation. Let's see how this spirals out. Welcome, Nancy, all the way from Colorado, right? That's right. Thank you so much, Jane. It's nice to be here. Yes. And, you know, I'm so excited to talk to you because we have a mutual love. And I think you being in Colorado is like horse country, right? Well, yeah. I, You know, I'm not sure if it's as much horse country as where you are or, um, you know, Kentucky or Virginia or something, but uh, we do have a, um, a, you know, lots of horses in Colorado and um, it's, you know, they have captured my heart and it's not something I grew up with. So um, this uh, is a yeah. reasonably new love for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we were just chatting and uh, we have eight horses too. And it wasn't something I really grew up with either. So there's a steep learning curve, isn't there? But talk to us about your Equus coaching as well. I'm just so um, fascinated by that. I've known other people that do it, but I've never talked to someone one-on-one. So let's learn all about that. Oh, wonderful. Well, the first question I would have for you is, have you ever experienced it? I have. So we did use a couple of our horses, um, as training ground for someone that wanted to get into that. And it was really fascinating. Cool. Well, it is, it is really fascinating. And the thing that, that is so incredible about it. And I say that it's magic it because that's what it feels like to me. That's what I experienced it. You know, when I participated as a client as with Equus coaching and and also it's magic for me to witness what happens with my clients. And so, you know, as you know, horses are so intuitive and they pick up on our energy. And because they're herd animals, they like to, you know, they they want to join up with beings, whether it's other horses or people whose energy feels authentic. And so if a client goes into the round pen and they indicate that nothing's wrong, everything's fine, and deep down inside they're worried about their finances or their relationship or their job, then the horse picks up on that incongruency. 
And as a result, they don't trust that energy. And so they, they're very hesitant to, to join up with it. You know, they're, they're, they really kind of want to stay on the other side of the round pen. But as soon as the, the person in the round pen kind of relaxes into their, their truth, you know, okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, cause I'm going to ask them if the, if the horse is over on the other side and they're saying everything's fine, then I'm going to dig a little bit, right? <laughs> I'm going to know that, that they're not being completely authentic with themselves. You know, it doesn't matter if they don't want to be truthful with me so much, except that they're paying money to work with me. And so, you know, it behooves them to utilize what they've got going. And so, but the horse is, is a BS detector. They're, they're saying, you know, not so much. I'm, I'm not buying it. Are you, (laughs) you know? And so I know I need to dig a little bit more. And then once they give themselves permission to be authentic, here comes the horse because now they trust the energy that's coming from that, from that person. And so that's where the magic happens. And then when the horse continues to give them feedback that, yes, this, you're onto something, this is, this is true for you. You know, the transformation can be just incredible. It's, it's, it's just magic. (laughs) Right. It's hard to explain. It is hard to explain. You, what was your experience the first time it happened to you? So the first time I experienced it, um, I was in Santa Fe and, you know, I hadn't been around horses for years probably. And, and I selected this horse to work with and she looked at me and I could feel her look go right down into my soul. It was just, it was, I had never felt that before. I mean, it was like, it's kind of, it's kind of indescribable, but it was like, you know, I was struggling with at the time I, you know, it was like, am I good enough? Am I beautiful? Am I, you know, all these feelings of insecurity that I had. And she looked into my soul and it felt like you are everything and a bag of chips. I mean, you know, it was just the, the, the feeling that I got from that was just, you know, it just, it was transformational. And because of that, then that opened up my curiosity. And so, you know, that was in, uh, that was in 2017. And in 2018, I enrolled in life coaching um, training. And part of that was a workshop and, and not part of it, but kind of concurrently the weekend, um, well, I digress, but I had two instances, two weekends in a row where 
a horse in Tucson and a horse in California told me the, the exact same thing. And, and that was that I needed to be grounded, that I was looking to be grounded. And so those two experiences back to back was all it took for me to go, okay, <laughs> I need to add this to my repertoire. You know, I, I want to learn how to do this so that I can do it as much as possible. And those, those two weekends were just mind blowing as far as what, how the connection with the horse, how that made me feel. Because it's what it, what it gives you is validation, you know, and it's validation that isn't somebody saying, oh, you're pretty or, oh, you're, you know, talented or, oh, you know, you're enough, right? With the horse, horse doesn't give a crap if you're pretty, right? <laughs> they connect with you on the heart level. Wow, Nancy. So that is so incredible. And I feel it every day too, where they look right into your soul and you feel like they see you, you know, in Avatar, they say, I see you. And that's how you feel from, from a horse. Right. It's just, it's incredible. It's the most amazing feeling. And, you know, one that's not terribly explainable, but <laughs> no, but really yeah. incredible to feel. And how did they tell you to ground? How did they, how did they express that? So that was amazing. The The first horse in Tucson was a huge draft mare. And I, I could, I'm five foot tall, so I could stand underneath her head. And she was arcing her head over mine um, just consistently. And then I sat down in a chair and I swear to God, if she could have crawled in my lap, she, she would have done that. It was just, it was, she was just so there with me, you know, just so there. And then the second weekend in California, the horse I was working with there did exactly the same thing with arcing her head over mine. It was amazing. And both coaches, two totally different disciplines, both coaches said, the horse is talking to you about grounding. There's this, this movement indicates to me, and each one of them said that, that you are either looking to get grounded or you need to feel more grounded. It's just, um, you know, they're trying to keep you on the earth. And it was like, oh my God, two weeks in a row, two different horses, two different states. Okay, I'm sold. <laughs> right? You know? And grounding sounds so simple, but when we're in our emotions and in our head, in our we're head. not yeah. we're not connected to our body even let alone exactly. the earth where you can exactly grounding like allows you to heal in a way doesn't it absolutely absolutely because you have to be in your body in mm -hmm. order to ground you know you have to be aware of the sensations that you're having in your body and 
and the, you know, you, the thoughts that are in your head and what, what those thoughts are creating in your body. Right. And once you can listen to your body instead of your brain, because our brains will lie to us all day long, um, then we can really make some transformation if we're paying attention to what our body is telling us. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking the same language. I tell people that their body is a mirror of what's going on in their mind. Absolutely. Like the physical symptoms are a mirror. So yeah, they both, they have to be treated in tandem. Absolutely. Right. So how did this lead you into this whole, like you now do a radio show about women and alcohol and how did that all segue? How did that happen? (laughs) Well, um, I, I was an alcoholic first. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I quit drinking in March of 2009. Uh, after an attempted suicide and mm-hmm. and that was that came two years after my father committed suicide he was an alcoholic and so I sort of come by this all very honestly and um, generationally and so I I quit drinking suddenly and um, best decision I've ever made in my life and so everything was going great after I got sober, you know, got a great job and so on and so forth. And then six years in almost to the, to the day, really, um, I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer mm-hmm. and fortunately it was very early stage, not terminal by any stretch, but it, it kind of gave me a smack upside the head with the, with the, um, two by four of mortality. And I, you know, I really started questioning what I was doing with my life and the work I was doing while it was with an incredibly good company and I was making great money and so on and so forth. I wasn't happy. And so I knew that that I wanted to be doing work that fed my soul and that sounded pretty silly to some people in my life, but it, for me, it was everything. And so I really started becoming attracted to life coaching and I knew some life coaches. I was working with a life coach and I thought, you know, I think this is what I want to do. This this is helping me and I want to help other people. And so about that time, I was reading a book by Martha Beck that was a work of fiction, um, her first and only, as far as I know, her only work of fiction. And it felt like she wrote it just especially for me. You know, it just resonated. And I finished that book. I went to see her in a workshop a couple months later, and then I signed up for her coach training. And so through that, I met all these other Martha Beck coaches who were also Equus coaches. And that was the, the workshop in California that I attended. And that's all it took. I just, um, I just knew that that was something that I had to do and, 
you know, my, my focus is helping women who are caught in that area of their drinking (laughs) where they want something that lifts them up and doesn't feel demoralizing as far as changing their behavior. And, um, you know, when I, when I got sober, there wasn't, there weren't too many um, options for recovery back then. And so I wanted to offer something that was a little different that, you know, I can use my traditional recovery tools, but um, I also put a lot of my life coaching tools in with it and, you know, help women change their, change their lives. Because, you know, when women can learn from their inner wisdom, you know, we have this incredible inner wisdom, right? And when they tap into that, then they find that they don't need to numb out. And so that's what I try to do, you know, and I work with, you know, some of my clients don't have a drinking issue, but everybody has a mindset issue. (laughs) And, and so I help them with that. Right. So beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Like that's, again, tapping into that inner wisdom is just because then you see what your life purpose is. Then you know that you have a reason to be here and you find your service. Right. Right. Yeah. So beautiful. You know, I, I, you know, at the risk of being a little woo, um, you know, I know that that my suicide attempt wasn't successful because I was meant to do something different. I was meant to do this work and, and my cancer diagnosis was caught early so that I could do this work. And so, you know, I've had plenty of opportunity to die and I haven't. And now I know why it's because I need to do this work. And, um, you know, so, so that feels just, so powerful to me and so um, important for me to keep going and keep doing this. Yeah. Often those darkest moments are, are they're like our wake up call and, you know, Absolutely. to real life, to really want. Absolutely. And, you know, one of my signature talks is finding purpose in your pain. And, and that's, you know, if I hadn't gone through those things, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you today. Yeah. So what is the common denominator with someone that's drinking? Is it the need to numb out because they just don't have that connection to what they should be doing or. I think so. I think that's probably, yeah, I think that's probably why they start in the first place. I mean, you know, I started drinking in high school with all my buddies. So, you know, everybody was doing it. I jumped on the bandwagon and Um, you know, but ultimately it was because I wanted people to like me, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin. I felt better and could communicate much better when I had a few beers in me. And so it was like, oh, okay, well, before and after, you know, it felt like a (laughs) it felt like a good trade-off at the time. And then I started drinking a little bit more as I got older 
And for a while, it was still a pretty good trade-off. You know, everything, you know, I was funny. I was, you know, more comfortable. And then, you know, it starts to go south on you. And, you know, alcohol is an addictive substance. And you may not become addicted, but most people do do it to a degree. And even people who, you know, have one drink, you know, they just have one drink every night. Well, if they feel like they have to have that one drink, then there's a problem. You know, if they could take it or leave it, that's one thing. But if they really depend on that drink, even though it may just be one, then that indicates that there's something that they're trying to avoid. And, you know, avoidance or numbing, you know, people don't want to feel angry or they don't want to feel grief or they don't want to feel any kind of discomfort, right? Because for some reason, our culture tells us that we should never feel uncomfortable. And that's not serving anybody, right? When we need to learn how to feel discomfort, allow it to fall, flow through us, you know, feelings last for about 90 seconds if we allow them to flow through us. If we resist them, then they become problems. They become um, something that we feel like we have to drink over or eat over or Netflix over or gamble away or whatever it is, right? But we find a tool to help us cope with these emotions that we don't want to face instead of sitting in the feeling. And it's just, you know, it, it can be um, devastating to us you know? And so I think if, if, if we as a culture could learn that feelings won't kill us, (laughs) you know, if we let them flow through us, then we can come out on the other side of that in much better shape. And um, I just, I think it's really important for people to understand that Discomfort is part of the human experience and it shouldn't be, um, you know, swept under the rug like so many people do. Yeah. And pushed down and, and pushed down. Yeah. yeah. And then it brews, you know, it stays oh, in conscious right. in our bodies and yeah, it just sits there and, and festers. Yeah. Causes all kinds of problems. When, when most of it should, shouldn't even have a real hold on us. And if we looked at it, we would know that it doesn't really have a hold on us. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> then we can see right through it, but it has to come through, right? That's yeah, what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And our brain is the one that keeps it active. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so eventually it ends up in physical disease, Right. right? As you, as I well know, (laughs) I'm I'm sure that that was part of it for for me. Yeah. You know, so what are some of the first steps you teach? You work mostly with women or 
I do work mostly with women. Um, and I, you know, I, I just, I feel like, um, without sounding too feminist, <laughs> I feel like women have always gotten the short end of the stick, you know, and so, um, helping women find their voices and their courage is just really important to me. Um, you know, it wasn't until I was, you know, really right about 60 before that kicked in for me. And, and, you know, it's never too late, but boy, if I can start helping women that when they're in their forties, you know, and, start changing their life earlier so that they've got more on the back end to, to utilize, you know, some, some happiness and some courage. That's, you know, uh, that would have been a huge difference for me if I had known about life coaching back when I was in my forties, that's, that would have been, you know, incredibly beneficial. Right. And just someone to tell you that you're powerful and beautiful and have something amazing to offer. Exactly. That's, exactly. That's it, right? And yeah. to tune in, find out what right. it is. Yeah. Right. You know, because you can read about it and it's helpful, but it's not the same as working with someone. And, um, you know, it's just life coaching is, is amazing. And I've, you know, I've gotten so much out of it as a client and it's, you know, it's changed my life. It really yeah. has. And so, you know, when I work with my clients, it's, you know, I, I just got off the phone with one before we got on here and, and it's, you know, if, if I'm working with a client on their drinking, that's a symptom and, and what we need to get to is what's causing the symptom, right? What, what are the thoughts and the, the feelings that are making you feel like you have to drink or over it, you know? And so once again, it's that discomfort that we need to learn how to sit with. And I mean, it's been amazing. Yeah. The, you do you find often it's programs from childhood, you know, the oh yeah, the, a lot of the belief systems. Oh, yeah, a lot of it is. And so much of it is culture, you know, and especially like with alcohol right now, you know, everything in our culture tells you to drink. You know, it, it talk about alcohol pushing culture. We're in it. And it's um, you know, you can't drive down the street. I don't know what it's like in Canada, but here, you know, without seeing billboard after billboard after billboard and a liquor store on every corner sort of thing, you know, it's like, it's legal drug pushing. <laughs> and, um, and we're made to feel like if we don't drink, then there's something wrong with us. Whereas not drinking alcohol is our natural state. <laughs> and, and alcohol is poison. So we're being taught to consume poison in order to have a good time. Yeah. You know, a celebration isn't a celebration without champagne. Yeah. And that's one of the things that's so hard for people is because of the, um, how am I going to stop 
drinking when it's all around me? How am I going to, um, how on earth do I go to Italy and not drink wine? How do on earth do I, you know, um, enjoy the weekend without a few beers or cocktails or something, you know, and it's just, it's so prevalent that it's difficult to imagine life without it. Yeah. And then when somebody does, when they get there, it's like, oh my God, I don't have to drink anymore. (laughs) You know, before it was, I can't imagine my life without it. And now I can't imagine my life with it. You know, it's, it's like, thank God I don't have to do that to myself anymore. Yeah. It's like, um, it's like returning to your natural state. Exactly. Exactly. Because alcohol, what it does is it creates this, this barrier between you and your authentic self. You know, you're not going to get there if you're, you know, if, if if you've got mind altering substances in your system, you know, that's all there is to it. You know, you're just not. Yeah. Plus you're always recovering from. Exactly. (laughs) Oh my God. You know? And so I was always in a, in a state of hungoverness, you know, I was just, I always felt like crap, you know? Yeah. So So, how do you create something magical in your life when you feel like crap all the time? Exactly. It's really tough. Really, really tough. So back to horses, you put people in the pen with them. And when they're not looking at the things that are their demons, the horse knows it. Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so they have, so they, do they even verbalize it to you? Maybe eventually they can, but even if they do it silently and get in touch with that. If they, yeah. If they were to, to get in there and say, you know, I've got a problem and I need some help just to themselves or to the horse boy, the horse would be just right there, right there with them. Once they, once they acknowledge it, you know, but if they are, you know, if they're like in denial, like I don't have that problem or they won't even allow it to come into their frame of mind while they're in the round pen, I would, I would venture to say that the horse won't join up with them. Yeah. And it'll be, you know, a very lackluster, um, Encounter. Encounter. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to, you know, experience, but it won't even really be an experience because they're not being authentic. Yeah. With themselves. I don't, you know, like I said, I don't really, it's not for them to spill their guts to me. I mean, it's helpful if they do, but um, if they don't, they need to at least be honest with themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's where healing starts. And horses know too, if you're not connecting through your heart, and oh wow, yeah, that's, and you can't, that's just it. Yeah. And you can't fake it. No, you, you know, can't you can't fake it. fake it because the horse knows. Yeah. So, you know, that's the beautiful thing. They they make incredibly good co-facilitators. Yeah. And you can't connect to your own heart if you're all in your head with all this stuff. Right? Exactly right. So that's why they told you to ground. Yep. And and that was the first step to yeah reconnecting to who your authentic self. Yeah. 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 That's incredible. And is that, is that all you do is put them together with a horse or is there, I know we did some things with different symbol things and the horse would, you know, pick out something that was very symbolic for the person. No, I just, 
I just do, you know, talking and, um, you know, there's some other exercises that we can do. If I've got a few people, we can do some sort of teamwork type stuff. But generally, you know, what I find is that the person just wants to connect with the horse. And, you know, there's a variety of things that we can do to, um, you know, make it feel a little bit more active, but really everybody that I've worked with just wants to, wants to connect with the horse. And once that connection is made, they just want to hang out with the horse and pet the horse and talk to the horse and feel the horse connect with them. And, and so that's what I, you know, that's what I offer them. And, and it's, you know, I can throw bells and whistles at it if, you know, but really that doesn't seem to be what people are looking for. They just want to feel that incredible connection and feel the transformation that happens for them. And for me, that's, you know, that's kind of priceless. It's just, um, and when I get to witness it, oh, it's like, you know, my heart just explodes. Yeah. So, every time. Every time. Yeah. They're incredible. And yep. I've had, I've cried out my stuff in the barn many a time. And they oh. just look at me with those big brown eyes. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, I, I had one woman say, I, I don't want to give all this to the horse because um, it's not their problem. I can't, you know, I don't want to burden the horse. And I'm like, look at the horse. The horse is 1200 pounds. The horse is begging you to unload on her, you know <laughs> tell her everything that's in your heart and and she will love you for it and by god she did and the horse was like well thank god you know and it was just boom yeah right with her yeah the whole time it was just it was magnificent yeah and it's not like they take it on it's like they transmute no. it you know they, yes yeah. they just help you get rid of it but they you know they don't under, really understand the spoken word so much. So they, they let you release what's, what's on your heart and they, you know, send it out to the universe. Yeah. They don't absorb it. Yeah. They just, you know, they, they help you carry it. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Nancy, how do people get in touch with you or find out more about what you're doing? which is so valuable. Well, thank you so much. Um, they can visit my website, which is amazingoutlookcoaching.com or, um, and I'd love to get an email from any of your listeners, nancy at amazingoutlookcoaching.com. And I have a, um, I wrote a chapter that was a, a contribution to a book called Ready to Fly, Volume 3. And um, I can send you that link. I think it's amazing outlookcoaching.com slash chapter dash gift if memory serves, but I can send you the link for that. Yeah. So people can go and read that. We'll put both yeah. those links in the show notes. Great. So they can find that easily and write to you if they feel, I oh, find people, in, you know, intuitively are attracted to the right thing yep. at the right time. So I agree. Yeah. Someone out there needs this. Yeah. <laughs> Any final words of wisdom to share? You know, I, 
I, the only one that really sticks with me and, and I think I've mentioned it before, but once, once we, as women, especially tap into our inner wisdom, then we don't feel the need to numb out. And I think that's just really an important message for women, especially to, to understand that, you know, it, once we find our authentic self, then we really don't, we don't need to numb. And more importantly, we don't want to, you know, we, we want to feel all the feels. So. Right. And become powerful. Yep. Beautiful women. Yep. That we are the powerhouses of this planet. We are. We <laughs> are. The change makers. Yep. We really and, are. I, I fully believe that. Yeah. And oh. such an we have such an ability to tune into what you're saying. And yet we are taught not or we're not taught how to. Exactly. And yeah. So I love your message. Love it. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing, sharing your story. And, you know, it's really authentic and true and it just rings. Oh, thank you so much. That's lovely for you to say. And it's really lovely to hear. So thank you. And for everyone out there, don't forget, don't give away your power to anyone else. Be the creator of your own life. Spiral up, spiral out. 